Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Let's give it for Jesus all across this place. Come on. Man, we are so excited you guys are here. All that God is doing at Transformation Church, man, we are just super, super pumped. And uh, we're in the Christmas series, so we're jumping straight in and and uh, talking about peace today. And speaking of peace, how many guys uh, ever, you were, you were a little bit afraid of monsters when you were a kid? Come on, help me out. Don't, all right, very good. How many guys, like, it was ridiculous to think that that bed sheet was going to save you from the monsters in your bedroom? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, you're honest. You're like, if I could just get under that bed sheet all as well. Uh, and uh, maybe you're like me. You would hit the light switch and you would run to your bed, but you would jump a little earlier. So whatever was under your bed couldn't get you uh, when you, so you got to, all right. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. The rest of you are liars. You know exactly what I'm talking about. No, we, uh, I remember, and there, there was always this thing where it was like, if I would just, if I, if I close my eyes, I don't have to see it. And if I don't see it, it don't see me, and we're good. So just keep my eyes closed. And I saw way too many Carmen videos growing up. If you grew up in church world, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't, don't worry about it. All right, but... Uh, and I, so I remember that whole idea, if I could just, like, if I, if I close my eyes, things will be better. The problem is, as you grow up, that doesn't necessarily work, all right? Especially, so me and some of my boys, we like to go scuba diving. So we, we go scuba diving uh, we, on boats. And, and maybe this has ever happened to some of you, either on a road trip or maybe you've been on a boat before. I think it's worse on boats where uh, you go out on the boat, and because you've been doing this all day, when you get to your bed, you lay down, and you're like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about, like, and so like, you close your eyes and you're like, oh, dear heavens, we're there again. And then you open your eyes and you're like, all right, everything's better. And then you close your eyes again and you're like, oh. Uh, and it's like every time you close your eyes, you can feel yourself like this is not good. This is not good. And so you, you open your eyes and things get better. And uh, I think it's interesting because I think that uh, that is very much how different parts of our lives go. But the question I have for you as it pertains to perhaps our spiritual life is, have you ever just closed the eyes of your heart or your mind just hoping that things in your life would change? Like, so think of it this way. Have you ever just tried to block the world out and you're just like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I can't take this anymore. I just need something to change. And so you, you almost kind of close the eyes of your heart and your mind going, I just, I, I'm not going to deal with this until something changes. The problem is, have you ever noticed sometimes that doesn't work either? It works about as well as laying down in your bed with the motion sickness and stuff. But here's the question that I also have for you. Have you realized it usually makes you feel like you're being thrown around even more when you try to block everything out. I phrase it like this. Have you ever realized that the more you try to eliminate the chaos or ignore the chaos, the more chaotic it gets? Have you ever noticed the more you try to block out the noise and get quieter, the louder the noise seems to be because everything else around you got quieter? In other words, you can't avoid chaos. There are components of your life that are constantly going to be going on. There's, there's always something in your life that's going to be tossing you around. And here's the reality. You can't avoid chaos. And so if you try to avoid it, it just gets more in your way. What you need is to find peace. Turn to your neighbor and say peace. You need to find peace. Now to turn to the person you just neglected on the other side of you, all right, and say, Pete, I know they didn't ride with you. You don't know them, all right, but they want to say hi, all right? So now let's say... 
All of you at home, say it to your kids. They're running through your house right now with no clothes on. Speak peace in Jesus' name. All right, so, but in all seriousness, like, we know what it looks like to want peace in our life. But the reality is, I think what many of us think is a peace is the absence of chaos. But peace isn't the absence of chaos. As a matter of fact, I'm going to show you that in a few minutes. What you need is you need to find peace the way the Bible describes it. Isaiah 9, 6, which is the verse that speaks about Jesus coming to earth, which is why we celebrate it around Christmas time, says this. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And say that last one with me. Prince of Peace. So the Prince of Peace is a person, and what we really need if we want peace in our lives is we need Jesus. You need the Prince of Peace to bring you to a place of peace. I'm going to say it again. You need the Prince of Peace to bring you to a place of peace. And so what we're going to look at today is this story with Jesus and the disciples as he navigates what it looks like to have peace, even when the things around you haven't changed. And more importantly, what are the three areas that we can see that God wants to bring peace into our life? And if we'll have peace in these areas, we can actually see God help us fall into a place of peace within our own heart, right? And to do that, we want to go to Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 through 25 is where we're going to start. And so Jesus is with his disciples. They've been traveling and they're getting ready to go on the boat to go on the waters. And that's where we pick up Matthew 8, 23 through 25. It says this, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came upon the lake, so that the waves slept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Are you kidding me? Right? Like, has anybody ever been around someone like you were freaking out and they were completely calm and you're like, I feel like you need to be freaking out more than this. Matter of fact, I have discovered in most marriages and relationships, you've got the freak out person and the why is this such a big deal person. All right. So like, if, you're, if you're in the room, right, you're in a relationship, if you're, the, if you're the freak out person, just go ahead and raise your hand. We need, let's acknowledge it. All right. Boom. There it is. All right. If you're the, hey, calm down. I don't know what's, what's going on. Raise your hand. Where y'all at? My people. My people. All right. I love you. All right. Uh, and so the, why is this such a big deal? So here's what I've realized. If you'll just tell the person freaking out that they're overreacting and nothing's wrong, they'll calm down immediately. And they, it'll be, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We do marriage counseling on Thursdays between nine. <laughs> no, the reality is this, right? That in the same storm that the disciples thought everything was over, Jesus was sleeping. Why? Because if Jesus is present in the middle of the storm, he has the ability to control the waves. And so hear me, fresh out of the gate, this isn't in your notes, but I'm going to give it to you for free anyways, all right? If Jesus is in your storm, you're better off than if the waters were still. Because it's only a matter of time before those waters can turn. But even if the waters turn and you have Jesus, you have all that you need to make it through. And so he's sleeping on the boat. Why is he sleeping in the same waters that everyone else is freaking out over? Because he knows he has the power to calm them whenever he needs to. And so he's sleeping in the boat, right? And the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. And so they're looking at him saying, we need help. This is over. It's the end. I don't know how we're going to make it through this. I'm not sure how we're going to persevere. I don't think I, don't think I can see the light at the end of this tunnel. We're, we're, we're calling our loved ones and saying goodbye. And maybe in your life, there's an area of your life where you've been in, where you've kind of felt like, I'm not sure how we're getting out of this one. 
Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's friendship. You're looking at it going, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. And you lack true, genuine peace. And listen to me, the thing that's keeping you up at night is something Jesus can rest through because he has power over it too. So what are the areas of our life where we need to recognize that Jesus wants to bring true peace? And I want to give those to you. The first thing I want you to understand is that the battleground of your spiritual war is your mind. The battleground of your spiritual war is your mind. Have you ever noticed that things go crazy in here a lot more often than they go crazy out here? Ever notice how your mind is the place that things get plagued, how things go crazy? And I love in Matthew 8, 26, carrying on with the story, he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Because uh, we're going to die. <laughs> now, I think this is so interesting because he's, he's speaking to them saying, you've already seen all that I can do, but you're not trusting me to do the thing that you're hoping I will do. So he got up, he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. And I think this is so interesting because me and you are just like the disciples. Again, maybe we're not on a literal boat, but there are areas of our life. Our life is a boat, and there are waters that we go into often that all of a sudden when those waters become troubled, we go into freakout mode. And we're going to talk about it in a minute because there are certain areas of our life that we've reserved that God just can't do anything about. But I love in Romans 8 of 28 through 31, he says this, what shall we say in response to these things? And these things can be a number of things. Uh, And he says, here's what the reality. If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, listen to me. That doesn't mean that nobody can be against you and nothing can be against you. It means if God is for you, it doesn't matter that those things are against you. So for those of you that are shocked that when you became a Christian or maybe you've been walking in this life of faith or maybe you've been letting God do something great in your life and the more he does in your life, the more you feel like things are getting chaotic around you, don't be shocked because the enemy doesn't bother with bench players. So you're like, when I, when I started giving my life to the Lord, things just got crazy. Yeah, because the enemy has a plan as much as God has a purpose, all right? And so God wants to do something great, so the enemy wants to stop something great in your life. And so all of a sudden what happens is we realize it's not that things won't be against you. It's that even though things might be against you, you don't have to fear because God is for you. And if God is for you, who cares what's against you, right? And so it takes me to Psalm chapter 3, and David is writing, and David's very frustrated in this psalm. We're talking about God bringing peace. He's very frustrated in the psalm, and he moves through a number of emotions. And I want to show you what happens, picking up in verse 1. He says, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. And in the Bible, there's this word that we honestly, in English, we don't have a word that represents it. So this word in Hebrew, it doesn't show up in our English language. We don't really have a word that represents it, but it's this word, selah. S-E-L-A-H in the Hebrew. And so this word literally means like a pause or a moment of reflection, a deep insight of thought to, to literally take a step back and reflect before you move forward. And in the musical world, since Psalms were written uh, oftentimes as music to the Lord, uh, what it is is it's almost like a musical turnaround. So you would have the lyrics to a song, and you've ever heard that song, and all of a sudden there's like three, five, seven seconds of like music that plays, and then they start singing again. That's literally what a selah is, and, and, and I equate it to this right here. <sighs> Come on, you ever hit one of those on your kids before? 
They're acting wild. You're just like. And you look at your spouse like, that's your kid. That's yours, right? <laughs> Yesterday they were mine. They were sweet. Today it's yours, <laughs> right? But in, in all reality, right, it, it, it's that moment. It, come on, anybody ever came home from work and you just sat in the car 10 seconds longer than you usually do? Come on, anybody, you, your boss, it was one of them days, your boss, the customers, everybody, and you just had to. Why? Because you don't want to take what was back there in there. Right? Come on, help me out for a second. Y'all know what I'm talking about. What we're talking about in, in, in this particular chapter of Psalms, our original, the original text actually has words, has the word Selah in it, and a lot of our translations don't, right? But what we know is there's certain moments in this text where David actually took a step back and went. Because he's moving through these emotions, he's moving through the battlefield of his mind. And I want you to watch what happens each time he does. Do it with me. He says, many are my foes. They rise up against me and they say, God will not deliver me. And after a moment of reflection, look what happens. We go to the next part. But you, Lord, are a shield for me. You're the glory, the one who lifts my head. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. Why? Because it took David a moment to step back, to look at everything going on, to be remembered and be reminded of the fact that God is still for me. And I think many of us, we're trying to go from one thing to the next 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 thing. And because we never take a step back and... We never get the opportunity to go, you know what, hold on, before my emotions take control of my mind, what if I take a step back and reflect on the fact that if God got me here, he's going to get me there. And instead of just giving into all my emotions over and over and over again, before I lose my temper on my spouse or my best friend or the people on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, before I, before I lose my job, before I do anything, what if I took a step back and just, God, I need you right now. And what if God in those moments realigned your ability to see things the way he wants you to see things as opposed to just seeing the troubled waters you're currently riding on? And David says, all right, God, you, O Lord. So, so where was he in the beginning? They're rising up against me. They're going to destroy me. They're, they're saying you're not even coming. Selah. You know what? No, you're a shield for me. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. But then he hits you with another one. Because <laughs> literally at the end of verse 4, there's another Selah moment. And he starts to process. He's like, and then I love where he goes next. Check this out. You know what? I lie down and sleep and I wake again because the Lord sustains me. You see how he changed his language? Because he needed a moment to process the goodness of God. And if you're not processing where God's brought you from, it's hard to see him do it again in your life. But if you'll take a step back from everything that's going on, all the troubled waters and all the chaos, and you'll say, you know what? I'm going to trust God in this same place the way I trusted him before. And he's going to come through in this same place the way he came through before. And I can trust God. He says, I lie down and sleep. I wake up again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear. Though tens of thousands assail me on every side, arise, Lord, Deliver me, my God. And this is where it gets good. Are y'all ready? Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Praise God. Look at David. 
Break the teeth of the wicked. This is my guy right here. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Strike him in the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Selah. But what's, what's happening with David as he moves through each one of these emotions? God, there's too much going on. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Everyone's saying you're not going to come through. Take a step back. No. Nope, you've done it before. You'll do it again. All right, God, you're, the, you're my shield. You're the glory. You're the lifter of my head. I trust in you. Take a step back. All right, knock their teeth out, God. Is that not what it says? Don't I, I, y'all got to read this book, man. I'm telling you, there's some stuff in there. Like, and we see David move through, listen to me, the reality that the battlefield is going on up here for men. The lack of peace in your life isn't because circumstances, listen, circumstances play a role, but you can have peace even in troubled waters. And that's what I'm trying to help you with today. That peace is a person that can bring you to a place. Peace isn't the absence of a storm. But Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect what? Peace all who trust in you and whose thoughts, or some translations say their mind, is fixed on you. So the, great place, the greatest place we can have peace is if we'll fix our mind on things. But here's the reality. Because it's going on in our mind, we have to deal with it. Because listen, if you don't deal with what's going on in your mind, it'll eventually deal with you. Which is why the next thing you have to realize is the troubled waters you're hiding will eventually show up in your life. The troubled waters that you're hiding will eventually show up in your life. So if you don't deal with it, it deals with you. The problem is when it deals with you, it deals with everything and everyone around you. So what's going on in your head, what's going on in your heart has to be something that God brings to the service. In Matthew 8, 27. Now here's one of the things that I think is very interesting. When Jesus, when they, when they come to Jesus and they say, we're going to die because the boat is about to sink. I love how Jesus didn't calm the waters first. He spoke to them first. Like, think about it. He had the ability to get up, immediately rebuke the wind and the waves, and then say, come on, guys, you're better than this. But what did he do first? He said, ye of little faith. What is it? He speaks to their heart first. Then he speaks to the wind and the waves. What did it say in verse 20? It says, the men were amazed, and they asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now think about this for the disciples for a second. They've watched him do miracles already, but all the miracles are ones that it's like, ah, we can kind of explain that. Like, they're like, okay. Like, think about for the disciples, like water and a wine, cool magic trick. Love to be able to do it, but I can't, but I'm glad we have him. You know what I mean? That's what they're thinking. We could be the life of the party. Anyway, that's different. All right. So, like blinded eyes open, ah, maybe it was a maybe it was a scam. Like maybe you know what I mean. Like so, different things happening with Jesus, and they're going, ah, no. But he controls nature, and they're like, all right. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Like, this is wild. And here's the thing that I have for you that I want you to think about: What are the areas of your life that are the wind and the waves of your life? that you believe God can change everything else around you, but if God ever changed this, you would truly believe he was spectacular. What is it in your life that you've just resolved? God will do this. He'll take care of my job. He'll take care of this. 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 But this thing right here, he's never going to change that. You've already made up in your mind, God can't have this. He can't touch this. He can't change this. And what if he actually did it? 
Like, what if God gave you the miracle that you've already decided in your heart he'll never change? What if he actually removed the addiction from your family? What if he actually broke the bondage of depression that's been hanging over you for generations and your mom and your grandma? What, what, what if he actually shifted the world? What, what if you've already decided, because every time you try to move into a new career, it's like it falls apart. You've already decided all I'm ever going to be is a, a bottom row employee at a no-name company because every time I try to do something great, it always falls apart. And you've already resolved that God can't do anything with your life and what if he actually moved you to a place where you were financially free to not just take care of you but be able to take care of other people and thrive in the kingdom but listen to me listen to me there's elements of your life you've already resolved that God can't touch but I'm here to tell you there's nothing in the world that God can't change and transform and so we have to believe what if the wind and the waves obey him what if the parts that we don't think is possible obeyed him It could be amazing that God moves in those areas of our lives. And there's a young lady in our church. She led a group last season. We're getting ready to go into groups again in January. And she led a group last season, her very first one. She had never led a group before. She she led her very first one. And right when she was kicking her group off, the waters got troubled. We want to show you her story of how not only did she persevere, she had community, and Jesus led her through even some of the troubled waters of her life. Go ahead and show it, guys. I'm Tacey Kaiser. Um, So I am originally from Kansas, and I graduated from Auburn last fall, and I took a job where I could work remotely. So I moved to Pensacola last August. Um, And my first day at TC was actually January 1st of 2023. I had joined a group um, the previous season, but I was really bad about not going. Um, Community has, has always been something that I haven't been incredibly good at. So what sparked me to lead a group was I was actually asked um, by Pastor Rick because there was a group of kind of women my age in the church who didn't feel like they had a group where they really fit. So the group was called Ain't What I Used To Be. What I wanted was to create a group where we really just focused on believing that, you know, if I'm still here, God's not done with me. And that means that there's something in my future um, worth walking towards so I can walk forward confidently believing um, that the best is yet to come. So I kind of got into the word and I lined up, you know, everything that that I really wanted to learn because I thought, you know, these girls are probably in a similar life stage to me. Um, That would be something beneficial for them too. And we had our first week. We had one week and we were kind of just gonna get together and get to know each other and talk about, you know, what everybody was hoping to get out of the group. And it went so well. Everybody was, you know, behind the plan. So the Tuesday after, I found out that my grandpa died. My, like, world kind of stopped. Well, the first thing I think is incredibly interesting is everything that I had prepped for for that first week 
was just all about the promises of God and who he was and why I could trust him. I had such a real grasp of the fact that God is sovereign and his plans are not my plans, but they are better than mine, you know, regardless of what they are. So it was so counterintuitive because I showed up to this group thinking that I was supposed to bestow upon them some wisdom. And, you know, obviously I hope, I hope that they gained something, but it's really what I gained that kind of blows my mind and just the grace that they gave me and being able to really experience like true community you know it didn't go according to my plan it didn't have to um you know some nights we studied the bible and we got into the word and some nights we went bowling and we ate mexican food and um we played Pictionary on my kitchen floor until we were all literally in tears from laughing so hard. And it just really opened my mind to like what community looks like. It's not perfect, you know, it doesn't have to be. And I think the more authentic you can make it is where like the real healing starts. You know, I would have never had, had I not said yes. <clears throat> Super grateful for her story and, and absolutely. And, and man, if you're, if you're somebody that's like, man, I, I want to launch a group. I, wanna, I want that type of thing in my life. Then you can, uh, you can go online. You can register to lead a group. And, uh, if you have questions, you can see our team at the Orange Tent. They can help connect you to Pastor Rick and, and get you moving in that direction. But, man, we love seeing what God is doing in people's lives, which kind of brings us to our last point today. Because I think there's one thing to know that we need peace inside our mind. And it's one thing to realize that the more we have peace internally, the more we can see peace show up externally. I think both of those things are very real. But here's one thing that I want us to grab a hold of today that I think many of us struggle with. Right? And it's the reality to have peace, you have to believe that you and God are at peace. And I think for so many people, we have not accepted the fact that God and us are at peace with one another. Like here, here's the way I think many people still live their lives you wake up every day trying your best to live a life that reflects God. And on the days you do good, you tell yourself you should have done better. And on the days you do bad, you tell yourself how much God hates you. But the reality is that's not how God sees you at all. Listen, does God desire that we would live a life of righteousness? Of course. Is there, is there a standard of Christian living that we should all strive for? Absolutely. But the reality is you and God are not at war anymore. God doesn't see you as someone he's opposed to. He sees you as a child that he loves. In Romans 5.1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified, say justified. We always say that word means just as if I'd never sinned. You've been justified. But listen to me, not by how hard you worked. Not because you got it right all the time. You're justified not because that 
you could check enough religious boxes or read your Bible on enough days or not lose your temper a consecutive number of times. Listen, the reality is this. You've been justified because you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And since you put your faith in Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. And it's one thing to have peace in our mind. It's another thing to have peace in our life. But listen to me. I think for some of you, it needs to start with the realization that you're at peace with God. He's not looking to strike you down every chance he gets. He's not bringing bad things into your life because you made a wrong decision. That's not what God is aiming to accomplish for you. No, what God is looking to do for you is constantly lead you to a place where grace can saturate your heart and peace can be the place that you live in. And we have it through Jesus Christ. And so listen to me, God is constantly looking for a way to bring you to the realization that he loves you. And listen, he loves you so much that he took care of your eternity. And I think for many of us, we forget this one truth that our eternal peace, say eternal peace, our eternal peace is the reassurance to trust God with what troubles the waters in our lives and around our lives. Because God has already taken care of your forever, you should trust him with your today. And so we have this eternal peace in our heart that God's victorious over every part of our life, even the parts we keep messing up, right? Now, remember, we were talking earlier about the idea that uh, sometimes when we're on a boat and we're moving and then we get to our bed and we close our eyes and we feel like we're still doing that thing where everything feels kind of off and you feel like you're floating and you feel like you're moving, And what do you gotta do to like snap out of it? You gotta open your eyes so you can see again. And hear me, I think for many of you, what God desires for you is that you would stop closing your eyes, wishing things were better, and you would open your eyes and put them on Jesus where you can find things actually are better. Stop closing your eyes, wishing you had peace, open your eyes, look to Jesus and find peace. Because I'm here to tell you, you can keep trying all you want to, But I don't know about you, I've learned in my 36 years, and I know a few of you here are a couple years older than me, you've realized it too. You don't find peace in yourself. You find it in the one that can actually calm the waters. And so I'm here to tell you today, that's where we need to go. That's where we need to find it. So what what I wanna encourage you, like what's the action step that I would encourage you guys to take? Create a place to be still. Create a place to be still so that you can look to God to find peace. We say it like this, create a place to be still so that you can experience true peace. Be still, put your attention on God, find some Selah moments where you're like, I might burn the whole world down today. You know what? Selah. Take a step back. You're going, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this one. Take a step back. Put your mind on the one that can bring true peace. In Psalm 23, many of you know this verse because many of your grandmas had it over the oven in her house or something. But it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. All right. (laughs) Many of you guys know this. Or it's over a toilet or something. Whatever. It's in the house somewhere. All right. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or I lack nothing in some translations. Makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And here's the thing that I wanted you to grab a hold of today. 
this idea that he leads us behind quiet waters. Some translations say still waters. And I've used this analogy before, but when it comes to peace, I always use it because I think it matters so much. Because what many of us think is we need, we, need, we need still waters to have peace. But still waters are diseased waters, actually. If you've ever been up north or if you've ever been to a place where there's a pond and there's that thick layer of green, gross, slimy stuff across the top, y'all know what I'm talking about? The reason that grows is because the water is stagnant. It's not moving. And so still waters become diseased waters and diseased waters start to grow algae and you can't drink that water because bacteria has grown in it. So when Jesus, when he says, I'm the shepherd, I lead you to still waters, he doesn't lead you to literally waters that are standing still. He actually leads, he would lead the flock to rushing waters and then he would take rocks and build a wall in the rushing waters so that on this side of the rushing waters was a place of still waters. And what many of us are looking for in our life is completely still waters. I'm going to tell you that doesn't happen. And hear me, you don't want it to happen. Because your life before you know it will be still and stagnant and diseased and not good for anything. You need some troubled waters to keep your faith moving. But what you can trust is that God is a good shepherd that will create in the midst of your chaos places of peace that he can bring you to to nourish your soul. And that's what we really need. So stop looking for calm waters and start looking for God to create a place of stillness, even in the midst of rapid waters. And that's what we need from God. And he guides us along the right path for his name's sake, the Bible says. So hear me, you don't need still waters, you just need a still place. One where you can be with God and let him lead you in a place of peace. And here's the question I have for you, ready? How differently could we encourage the people around us? How differently could we encourage those people around us at our job, in our neighborhoods, in our family, right? If we lived a life anchored to the Prince of Peace, no matter what the waters were like. We could not only do something great in our lives, I believe we could lead others to a place of peace too. When they're going through troubled waters, we can say, let me show you to who I cling to when I'm going through it. I think together we could help change some people's lives. Amen? Let me pray for you today. Father, we thank you and we love you. We're so grateful for you. God, thank you that you are our source of peace. And thank you, God, that you lead us beside still waters, not waters that are still, but you lead us to waters that can nourish us and you create still spaces. And so, God, I pray right now that you help us put our attention on you. Help us find Selah moments. Help us find, God, places of stillness that we can reflect we can see your goodness. We can declare your name. And in that, we could find peace because we're looking to the one that brings peace. We're looking to the prince of peace. So God, for those whose hearts are troubled, whose spirit is a little off, God, for those that are going through some waters where they feel like they might sink, God, I pray that you speak life and you help them realize peace is with you. We thank you for today and we love you in Jesus' name. If you're here today, church, and you need Jesus in your life, you recognize sin has separated you from God. And you say, you know what, Brad, I, maybe I believe in God or maybe this is my first time in a church. Maybe you've been in church a long time, but you would say, I, I know that my sin has separated me from God and Jesus isn't the Lord of my life, but he needs to be. And today I'm ready to take that step. If that's you, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me because the beauty of the gospel is that Jesus died to pay for the sins that separate us from God. 
And this prayer is not going to save you. It's your faith in Christ that's going to save you. We just want to use words to communicate it out loud. So I want to invite you to pray this prayer, and the whole church will pray it with you. Let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Forgive me. Give me a fresh start. And I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed that today. We celebrate with you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.